This week on Erotic Awakening, scaring people off, tractors, poly and power exchange, and the polyamory toolkit. We'd like to thank our latest Patreon supporter, John G. We enjoy creating and recording this podcast, and we hope you enjoy listening to them. Mm-hmm. When you become our patron, it gives us the chance to apply more energy towards creating. For as little as a dollar a month, you not only can support the podcast, but get access to special content. So head on over to patreon.com slash erotic awakening and take a look at the options. And regardless, thanks and enjoy the show. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now and go take a nap. <laughs> if you spent the entire weekend at Winter Wickedness like we just like did, we did, you probably are ready to go take a nap. I've already had one, but you asked me if I wanted a second one, and I said no. The second nap I take, I want it to be eight hours long. Yes. So I'm just waiting for bedtime. <laughs> And it's not going to be that far away. Off my list until I listened. So, Dawn and I just spent the weekend here in Columbus, Ohio, at an event Mm, called Winter Winter Wickedness, fantastic hotel takeover event here in town. Um, And as happens at these events, you generally stay up fairly late. I talked to a couple of people, and I said, "Do you go to work Monday?" And they said, "No, I'm no rookie. I know better than that." True. I'm going and, to work Monday. I, I don't people, know how I why they didn't think about that. And people would ask me like Saturday, you know, are you staying up till the end? And I'm like, you know, usually at Winter Wickedness mm-hmm. or Cope, I try to stay up as late as possible on Saturday night. And the reason is, is because at 2 a.m. the party is over. Right. So some parties you go to, some cons, some weekend events you go to. Sunday they've got a few classes, mm-hmm. so you get a chance to say bye to people and you know into the, the final thing like that. Uh, Winter Wickedness and Coke, 2 a.m., it's done because it takes them a while to break everything down right. and get it all back to the space and, and things like that. So um, I try to stay up as late as possible Saturday night because once you go to bed, the party's over. Yep. So And, and it's then, weird. it is weird to wake up the next day and it's... And it's vanilla space vanilla again. Space. And yeah. So, but but you're used, after this many years, 15, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Used to it at this point. Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit more about uh, winter wickedness of the people that we met, mm-hmm. all that kind of good stuff. The class that we taught, the fantastic oh re- um, reception we got to that. Yes. But first, we're going to get into our question of the day. Don, I have no clue what this question of the day means. Have you ever felt like you might scare someone when they t- when you told them what you like? Oh, I guess I do know what that means. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever felt like you might scare someone when you told them what you like? Hmm. I am um, somewhat fortunate in that my journey into kink really started with you. Mm-hmm. The people I was kinky with before you—that was something that they drove, and something that I was like, "What the? What do you mean you want me to spank you? What are you talking about?" Um, and I don't think I've had any concerns about anything I've shared with you that would scare you off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know that I ever have had that situation come up. The only thing I can think of that I would ask you is, what about in the poly community when you've told them that your power exchange are kinky? Oh, sure, have you sure. you ever had that worry? So not like in the kink community. Well, and I, and I guess it could yeah. happen in the kink community if you have a fetish that's a little out there or something. But maybe in the 
in the poly community. And, this, and that's the funny thing is I don't have any fetishes that are so out there that I've been worried mm -hmm. about telling people, but they dig it or they don't. So I don't right. particularly care. The one thing that I make clear to people that I like to, to set is that just because I enjoy doing a certain thing with Dawn, right? I might enjoy this with Dawn or whatever. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that I'm going to enjoy it with anybody, right? Does it, so I had for 12 years on a relationship with Karen and it was a vanilla relationship, right? We tried in the early days, we tried spanking and she's like, wait, what the fuck? This is not what I want to do. <laughs> so it was very much a, a um, non-kink relationship and that wasn't a big deal. So the, I'm not afraid to tell people what mm -hmm. I'm into. I do. I hesitate only in that I want to be clear that just because I enjoy that with you right. doesn't mean I'm going to enjoy it with somebody else. Yeah, that makes sense. So whereas when I met Big D and had not told him I was into kink and we met in the poly world and the poly group, poly Columbus at the time was very much, a, a, very much about keeping poly on one side and kink on the other. And we don't talk about kink during the poly meetings. It's right. a poly meeting. So people would come into the poly meetings and have no clue about me and Dan, have no clue that 50% of the people there practiced kink. I can remember one of the women speaking up, no, one of the guys speaking up and saying, you know what? I'd really just like to find some kinky poly people. Why can't I find any? And everybody kind of looks at me like, Dawn, you handle this, right? <laughs> and and I, I kind of looked around and I scanned everybody in the room and I said, and then I looked back at the person and I said, I can tell you for a fact that 50% of the people in this room are into kink. Mm -hmm. I'm not outing anybody and I made sure not to look at anybody in, in particular. I'm like, I'm not outing anybody, but you need to start talking to people and some of you guys need to start outing yourselves. And um, so he got to meet a lot of new interesting people, but Big D, I don't know if he was there that day. So I don't know that he knew who we were, what we did or anything like that. And I started dating him and like five dates in, it looked like it was going to be serious. And then I'm writing him this freaking email, terrified that he's going to, you know, I'm going to lay out the line. I don't do vanilla. I'm kinky, right? So terrified that he was going to go, what the fuck? That's not what I signed up right, for. Right, right. And so, so now I try to, and I guess I did it because the poly and kink worlds, at least for that group, were kind of separating the topic. So mm -hmm. it's like you don't share, right. you know, that you're kinky. And um, but I've learned to embrace it since then. But yeah, terrified to tell him that he's going to be, oh, you sick fuck, and you know, and, and is leave. That, is that what he said? Oh, absolutely not. So it's like, uh -huh, great, because I've had experience with that, mm -hmm. and I would like to do more. So, and then just last night, really, just last night, me and someone pulled out the Kickstarter cards. So using the Kickstarter cards, and them going, oh. So what do you think about this? Mm -hmm. And me going, oh, I kind of really like that. And him going, you dirty fucking girl. Hmm. What is it that you like about it? <laughs> and making me blush, you know? <laughs> and then, um, and uh, so admitting to some of this stuff, right? There's some stuff that I really like that I don't really share with people unless I think they would enjoy hearing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like I go around and tell everybody, you know, this is what I would like shoved <laughs> wherever, wherever. Right. But when they sit down and start asking me sometimes, even with you at the beginning, it's like, I would share a little bit with you. Did I scare you off? No. Okay. So I'm going to share a little bit more. Did I scare you off? No, you seem actually pretty excited. Okay. So I'm going to share this piece right. and, and right. nothing was ever too big yeah. for you. So, yeah. So I can see why it would be scary for people. I, but, I agree. And, but one of the things, so two things I'll say about this, first off, is I don't know how old 
I didn't know how old you are, right? <laughs> but I don't know how old our listeners are, right? But how old do you expect to be? At some point, you're going to hit the end of the road. That's mm-hmm. the reality of it, right? How long, how much time True. are you going to spend hiding yourself from? So if you're starting a new relationship with somebody and kink being, let's say, spanking or rope is really important to you, it's core to who you are, or it's really exciting to you, why wouldn't you tell somebody? Right. If I hadn't have spoken up with Big D, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't be going on six years. Right. Right. And because you would have unfulfilled times. Yeah. And, you know, the person last night, I took the chance because what if their eyes start to sparkle a little bit? You know, I found a a new kindred spirit here that Mm -hmm. (laughs) might help me along with some of these fantasies. Right. So maybe, maybe, or maybe not. Right. But it, but at least I took the chance. Sure. But it can be a little scary. So the other thing that I will say is that some of us, specifically me, my kink is not, um, great asses or mm-hmm. spanking or flogging or any of that kind of jazz. The thing that turns me on is vulnerability, mm-hmm. right? So if you have this little, this secret little kink that you've been holding on to or a particular porn that you like that you've been holding on to and you say, well, you know, I want to share this. You know, and that's fucking mm-hmm. hot. Yeah. Doesn't even care. I don't even care what it is. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, and it just so happens that if you've told, you know, if you shared with me, I've always wanted to be spanked, for example, but mm-hmm. I've always, you know, it's my secret little fantasy I've never shared with anybody. Trust me, I will dig spanking you, right? Yeah. Whether I like spanking oh, or not. Oh, hell yeah. To help somebody else fulfill a fantasy mm-hmm. or just to fulfill something that makes them feel good about themselves. I mean, even uh, the thing that popped into my head was Scarlet Sanctuary when the person was like, you know, I really want to do sacred touch, but I want to do it in my onesie. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, it was their fetish. It was their thing. They were afraid of being judged, but they shared that with me. And even though it's not my thing, I was able to give that to them because that was a need, mm-hmm. a need for them. Yep. And that was really cool. And you're not going to know what you don't know unless you take the chance and walk through the fear. Absolutely. So, so tell us what you think. Head over to the Facebook page, Erotic Awakening Podcast. All one word. And share your thoughts. <laughs> Indeed. I should have that as as soon as we get this posted. I should have that out on Facebook. Speaking of things I have no knowledge about, what is this next show note that you have about a tractor? (laughs) So, because we uh, mentioned Trevair, I think we've skipped two weeks again with podcasting. Our travel is getting ready to be insane. So, I hope we're going to try to do the shows every week, but we'll see what we can do. So, it was the last show, I think. And uh, Trevair had mentioned something, and we talked about his tractor. Yeah. And you're like, was it really his tractor? Yeah, he wants you to come, uh, come find actually, my tractor, dog. So, <laughs> so he actually sent pictures on FetLife. It is a tractor. Okay, all right. It's one seat tractor though, and I don't know how to drive. <laughs> Maybe you'll have to sit on his lap when he teaches you. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> the person we've seen most recently is Hugs with Teeth, and that was at the Winter Wickedness. Hugs we act- with Teeth. What a great, what a great fet name that I, is. While playing with the Kingstarter cards last night, mm-hmm. Kingstarter card expansion pack is definitely on my project list. Okay. Because we need a card that says biting. Hugs with teeth. Oh. To me, that's biting. Yeah. Yes. But even last night, I wanted a card that said biting. Oh, that's interesting that the start you're right. Have, that absolutely has to be in yes, there. Biting so we, we met a lot of great people at Winter Wickedness. Yeah. We met a lot of people that said, hey, I know you from the podcast, which is always weird. Um, <laughs> but what a great event that was. Uh, but we, I only wrote down the one name, the last person we met. 
at the Winter Awakeness was the hugs with teeth. Nice. Expansion pack, biting and pinching. <gasps> Pressure points, that was the other one. Sorry, starting my list right you are, now. You are kinkier you than can, our own toys. If you, can, own yes, if, you can, if you can think, actually, I'm going to put that as a call out. I'll do it on the Facebook group, too. If you can think of anything. If you own Kickstarter cards and you know something that's missing that you've written on the blank card, mm -hmm. send it in to me. We'll start oh, yeah, making yeah. expansion packs. So speaking of stuff that we're doing, we have the, back here behind me, if you're watching the video oh, on YouTube. I need to print a new picture. We have a Living MS book cover. That's the first book we wrote. And then the Sex Stories and Power Exchange, the second book we wrote. This weekend, we revealed the finally actually published polyamory toolkit. And um, I don't have one right now. No, you don't have one it's to in the show. Car. It's in the car. We got um, our box. We have the, our shipment from Amazon. It got split into two boxes. We brought one box with us. And one box is going to go in the mail Monday for all of our Indiegogo supporters that helped make the polyamory toolkit actually happen. Mm -hmm. uh, you've already got your ebooks, the physical book, the, the t artwork, are in, the t-shirts. Everything's in and going to be going out pretty quickly. The journal should be in any second. Any second. So it's supposed to be in. All going to go out this Monday. This mm -hmm. when by the time you hear this, it should be in the mail. Um, but we actually got some with us when we did the polyamory toolkit, the class. And um, what a neat response that we had to people really digging the book and enjoying the book. And Oh, yeah. And they love the class. I mean, we yeah. had the biggest classroom and people were flowing out the door. So um, during the class, there's 25 tools in the book. And what we did was we had the book and we had people pick out numbers of tools and then we randomly taught the tools. Yeah. And then if people had extra questions, we would ask them. And um yeah it was it is, fabulous and what i found finally i've gotten to the point where i understand that this book is a book that's similar to living ms where i do not give mm -hmm. a fuck about selling the book i do not give a fuck about making money off this book what i do give a fuck about is saying the word fuck over and over again and <laughs> the fact that i very much believe as we sat there in that class what we did we said what kind of questions do you guys have about polyamory and people would shout out not only their questions but also pick up and it was like, yeah, that's in the book. Yeah, that's in the book. Yeah, that's in the book. So it was really neat to see that a lot of our experience and a lot of our uh, challenges, challenges as we've gone through polyamory. how we describe them. <laughs> yes, have, are actually of, going to be of benefit to other people. That really helps make it all worthwhile. Yeah, absolutely. And I even had a conversation with someone this morning who is um, having issues with her poly and power exchange. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Everything, everything I'm getting ready to tell you and advise is in the book and she's like well one of our one of our polypod bought the book and i'm like well ask to read it soon so i'm gonna you know so i talked to her about some of them mm -hmm. i'm like but you're stressed out right now you're not going to remember everything yeah. i tell you right you know we're having a good conversation and hopefully something clicks but truly read the book because everything i'm saying is in yep. there uh and speaking of polyamory and power exchange we'll be talking about that more in a little bit awesome. and something i told someone else was that even if you're not polyamorous, it's relationship advice. Right. Right. So it's valuable there as well. So for those listeners that are uh, power exchange and monogamous, you don't have to turn you, you you can turn it off if you want to, but you don't have to. And we might say something funny along the way <laughs> that makes Don giggle like that. We had a great time yesterday with that workshop. That was so much fun. Absolutely. The random erotic awakening Instagram follower of the day is uh -huh. Piggy Invasion. I love that. Who oh. we just saw at the Winter Awakeness. Oh, did we know? 
uh, yes. Names so much. So, but um, so find us on Instagram and see the picture of the day as at erotic awakening. So I know I've been posting a lot of pictures of all the floggers I've been helping Arcane make. So uh, I'm gonna flogging making apprentice now I yes. think so and might be stepping in to help Mr. Malaprop with Good. the paddles and stuff too. So uh, we will see how that goes. But the whole the whole bending. Even more travel in your is life. Is taking off, so this is going to be pretty neat. All right, sexy truth time. Uh-oh, sexy truth. Earlier today, we recorded the sexy oh. dare, and that'll be going out on the podcast shortly, and we both scored on that one. It's we little, did both What do they call that? that uh, foreshadowing. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, awesome. And well, apparently, first with the dare. So. It, just so to foreshadowing, you'll, Dawn said banana. I did. did. And there is a point right. there where I said banana. You said uh, it's my turn to go first. Yes, you want to go first. What non-sexual part of your body turns you on the most when I touch it? Non-sexual part of my body that turns me on the most. I actually have a few. Now we just spent the weekend at Winter mm -hmm. Wickedness, and we got to spend some time with Barbara Corrales who teaches urban Tantra, mm -hmm. and she will probably suggest that your entire body mm -hmm. is a sexual. But you understand mm -hmm. the concept of this question. I do, because I could say brain. I yeah. love my brain, yeah. but yes, yeah, you I don't actually touch, touch my brain. No. You know, there is a spot that, I, like I said, I bet you I can think of more as we go through the whole just, podcast. But just the one that I can think of is right on the back of my neck. Mm -hmm. When when you take a Wartenberg wheel or your finger, oh, yeah, that's right, right there, that bundle of nerves right yep. there. Is that a bundle of nerves? Uh -huh. So I kind of wear the skull the spine. and the spine, mm -hmm. haku. And it also makes me think that you might push my head somewhere or grab uh, my hair or, <laughs> yeah. I see. Uh, yeah, that's I see. a very awesome spot. Okay, all right. Or throat. What's my question? Throat is a sexual spot, I guess. Uh, I do yes. like throat, too, so mm -hmm. I'm not ready to ask you my question. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, what spot do you have? It's not a sexual spot. I'm going to go... I'm going to go turn on, right? There's some spots yeah. that are intimate that I enjoy being touched. Um, I think I would say... At the moment, I'm going to say, I just like, I'm going to say having my hand held. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. The way, like, kind of a soft, yeah. strokey sort of hand-holding thing. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. It All right. Moment. I like that. So, cool. Because I was going to ask you if you were stumped, I was going to say, what if I brought out the Kadishti blanket, mm -hmm. and you only have that diamond hole that's right. in it, where would I put it to turn you on that wasn't your cock? Mm -hmm. But I like the hand-holding. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That works. Now I'm still good with the, the neck and the okay. and the holy shit. If we pulled out the Kadishti blanket, I could just about anywhere would work. Right. <laughs> touch me, touch me. Isn't that a song? <laughs> Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, Dan. Yes. Would you rather fuck someone 20 years older or 20 years younger? I would probably. If someone's listening, that's 20 years younger. <laughs> Um, I would probably rather, boy, that is, that's a tricky one. My, my thought at right off the bat was to say 20 years younger. Mm -hmm. I being a 50 ish year old man, 20 years older is significantly older mm -hmm. where 20 years younger doesn't feel significantly younger. Yeah. 
But my second thought is for me to fuck somebody 20 years younger than me would not be very challenging, to be honest. I mean, it's mm -hmm. not like I would have too hard. And I don't mean to, <laughs> I'm not trying to be Dan the podcaster guy, but the reality is there's a few, I can think of a few people right now in my life that I said, hey, you know what? I got to do, I got to do this dare where I got to fuck somebody 20 years younger than me. You down for that? And they would go, hell yeah. Oh, yeah, I can think of it. I can even skip that first that part of the whole thing right, and say, right. hey, if you want to, matter of fact, I can probably not even ask. I probably just show up. Right. <laughs> um, 20 years older, though, I don't, off the top of my head, know anybody 20 years older than me that would be down for doing me, that would be, find joy in it. Yeah. So I'm going to go with 20 years older. If that per, oh, God damn it, but that's not the question. The question is, would you rather? Uh, I'm going to say I would rather, if I had the option of finding somebody who enjoyed and wanted and needed that connection, 20 years older. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I would get a lot more out of it than 20 years younger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can see yeah. that. Boom. That's my answer. Yeah. I'm sticking with it. Damn, but I, you're I just like, what why... part do you want to touch? The mind's all yeah. philosophical. Well, and, and, but I can see why it's confusing. Not confusing, but challenging question, right? So would I want to fuck, if I had to answer this, would I want to fuck someone 20 years older? So, And I'm in my 50s, so mm -hmm. a 30-year-old guy that, that would fucking rock, right? right? So um, uh, I have fucked a, a, a female 20 years younger. Well, actually, she's fucked me. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's a lot of fun, right? Um, and then 20 years older, you're right, that's significantly older, even though once we become 70, we might not feel that way, right? You yeah, know, but so, if you think about it, think about the 70-year-olders, 70-year-old people you know, right? Most of them aren't even interested. At but, least the men aren't even interested in sex right now. Gar. But if there was, yeah, he's a little older than that. Uh, I would guess Jack Rinella's up in that range. Yeah. So we know some people that are so we do know some people that are in the lifestyle that are in yeah, that. yeah yeah so and if they were yeah but I'm with you if they were, God I cannot believe how long this question is taking <laughs> right this would be a whole podcast in itself but yeah if they were definitely interested and hot and horny and and wanting to get it on mm -hmm. I'd be there so it'd be fun yeah. And they have a little more experience. Absolutely. So, awesome. New subscribers to the newsletter include David from Connecticut. Oh, I got lost. Sorry. <laughs> You're busy doing something in your head right now. Yes. Sex with older, sex with just sex. I'm good. Um, and then we have Andrea from California. Get your EA shout out. Head over to theeroticawakening.com and find the link to the EA newsletter. Awesome. All right, so almost to the topic of the day. Almost to the topic. So there is this interesting group on Reddit mm -hmm. that we found that is called Ask Reddit After Dark. Mm -hmm. So looking for some random questions on there. I was scrolling through theirs and I came across one. So Dan, yes, what's your favorite sex scene from a movie or TV show? Favorite sex scene? I already know your answer. Do you? I know your favorite. I think I know your answer. You may know my answer, Let's... or I may know my answer, and then you remind me of another one, and I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> What's your answer? You go first. I'm not sure. Okay, so my answer, for one, on the TV show, I don't know of any sex scenes that are going to rock my world right, on the TV show. Right. Um, so I would have to think movies, and 
Are you going to write it down to see if this is what I say? No, I'm going to write down my answer in case I forget it. Okay. <laughs> but there's this movie called Dangerous Minds. Yes, I knew you were going to say that. You were going to say that? Yes. Okay. No, I knew you were going to say that. I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> so we used to do this, uh, uh, this movie viewing, sexy movie viewing at the world yeah, yeah. before we had the space. And um, one of the first ones I came up with, the movie I came up with, was Dangerous Minds. And it's with Lou Diamond Phillips. So it's written by Lou Diamond Phillips and it stars Lou Diamond Phillips. And he is um, pretty much bribing someone. It has to do with, um, shit, I don't know. It has to do with underground people and blah, blah, blah. But there is a scene where she's confronting him with a gun and they're like in this rainy warehouse where the ceiling's busted out. So it's raining on the floor and stuff. And he convinces her not to shoot him and then has her on all fours during one of the scenes and is fucking her ass. And I'm like, okay, there we go. <laughs> That's one of my favorite scenes. I hope that is a terrible <laughs> description and not how the movie actually goes. I'm going to shoot you. Oh, don't shoot me. Well, fuck instead. Well, fuck instead. Okay. No, that is pretty much how it goes. Okay. Uh, I think Lou Diamond Phillips just wanted to fuck the star actress. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm going to say. We're not talking porn, right? We should have said that too. Yeah. We're not yeah. talking porn. We're talking regular movies. So is that the one you were thinking of for me? Yes. That okay. movie anyway. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, one that comes to mind is a fairly recent movie. I can't remember what it was called, but it was by Park Woo. Um, my the director of the movie The Old Boy, which is one of my favorite movies ever, mm -hmm. or Old Boy, mm -hmm. a Korean watch the Korean version, not the American version. Um, but <laughs> I always say that shit because I'm like all yes. snotty and stuff. Yes. Um, so there's a um, some pretty hot scenes in that movie. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Um, Sorry, I just had another scene from Dangerous Minds pop in my head. <laughs> And then there's another movie, and recently I've been trying to watch a movie called Nymphomaniac. And that's been an interesting movie to watch because most of the sex scenes are not simulated. Uh, but unfortunately, mm -hmm. it's it's a slog to get through the movie. It's, it's full of sex. So you'd think it'd be easy. But it's kind of a slog to get through. But the one I'm going to say is instead the delightfully wonderful, hot, sexy Tommy and Lisa from The Room. <laughs> oh, that's so wrong. <laughs> that's uh if you've seen the movie, perhaps you too are laughing now. If you've not seen the movie, that doesn't make sense. Don, did you know that the sex scene from the room movie is podcast podcast <laughs> is higher rated than erotic awakening? No. Take a moment to support the podcast. I think I killed you with that answer almost. Rate us on Google Play, Stitcher, or apparently we're on SoundCloud as well, which I did not oh, know. Oh, I didn't even know that. Somebody told somebody. Um, actually, somebody came uh, talking to somebody at the Winter Wickedness. They want to talk about doing a STEM thing, which I will not go into now. We'll go into that later. But mm -hmm. they were saying, "Oh, I listen via SoundCloud." I'm th sitting there thinking, "What the hell?" Is no, I know what SoundCloud oh, is. Okay. I just didn't think I I didn't know that I posted there. So there you go. Okay, awesome. So, but um, so listen to wherever you listen to to things. We're out there. So or um, yeah. Or tell your friends. friends. Yes. Uh, real quick, oh technical on boob on that one. Yes. You didn't ask me what my second scene was though. I thought the, the entire movie the, was the answer. Well, what the is entire this? movie. The other one is where they're out in the woods mm -hmm. and they're in the convertible. Okay. And he's sitting on the seat 
and the convertible's down, and she's got her arms on the windshield like this, and is riding him that way. I don't remember that scene. Oh, I do. Do we own that movie? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I had to dig and hunt for that movie. It is not easy to find. So and, It's not uh, well-respected media, is what you're saying. Or classical movie. No. Not when I'm going to be on Turner Classic Movies. Not now. in the least. <laughs> so let's uh, get into our actual topic now. You have one tentacle link. I do, and it's a tentacle plant from Void George. So, and literally, oh, we should have mentioned the tentacle candles. Um, the tentacle plant, so, and it's, it's just it's just a, a potted plant, but the, 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 the leaves look like tentacles, kind of like these guys, mm -hmm. right? So they just... Didn't you just put one of those on my tongue the other week? I did. Yes. I really did. So, but you know, this is how they made the tentacle candles? The um, agreeable agony? Yeah. So they were bending at um, uh, Winter Wickedness, and they had taken four of these and had... They were kind of the straighter ones like this uh -huh. and they had put four of them back to back and used them as a mold for the candle yeah. so it's really neat really well, there neat you go they did um if you're tired of listening to us and you would rather see us you mm -hmm. can see us in the philadelphia in the first in the weekend of two eight nine and ten yeah 19. we leave yeah we leave in a couple of days or in atlanta in march at march 15th at llc right so which we just got to see Master Cecil and Darcy. We did. So said goodbye to them this morning, and we'll be saying hello to them on March 15th. And we so, have quite the list of other places oh, if South you're not going to be at any of those. Fest. We're going to be in Phoenix. We're going to be in – where the hell are we at? God, we're in so many places. So, Dawn, our topic of the day is, though, we finally got there. It is power exchange and polyamory. polyamory. So one of the things we talked about when we taught the polyamory toolkit at the Winter Wickedness was that – Somebody had a question, well, how, do, how does the polyamory and power exchange go together? Mm -hmm. And that almost derailed the entire class almost into derailed. its own class by itself. Yeah, because when we teach poly or uh, the eight poly tools, the other eight poly tools, how to build your poly foundation, usually, usually the people are there for poly, right? Um, at this event, most of the people in there seem to be interested in the poly and power exchange. Mm -hmm. The people that I talked to and sat with after the workshop, the questions were all poly and power exchange. Right. So it was a kink event where they just had a lot of questions. Yeah, so, and, and that's cool. Mm -hmm. And what we will see is that... And we had to start off with there's some some if you go to a purely polyamory conference or meetup or situation or a Reddit group that's just focused mm -hmm. on polyamory, one of the first things that seems to be conflicting between polyamory and power exchange is that by default, power exchange relationships are are hierarchical. Right. They are built that way. They have to be that way. If you are not in a hierarchical relationship then you are not in a power exchange relationship. There is no peer power exchange relationship. Now, you can't have a dom-dom relationship, but that means there's a sub in there somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. um, so power exchange, is the it is a part of it is hierarchical. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people in the polyamory world find that the rejection of hierarchical relationships is essential. Otherwise, you end up with situations where primaries are more important than secondaries, and other people are not, their needs and wants aren't being met because other people are more important. Right. That kind of the thing. whole autonomy thing that 
Um, submissives can't be autonomous and autonomy is very important in poly relationships and things like that. So there's a lot of this when it comes to how people see them trying to blend. So let me let me start off with this one. In okay. the polyamory world, one of the things that is most that is often disliked mm -hmm. is the idea of the one penis policy. The one penis policy works like this. I as a male, I have three women in my life and we're all one big poly triad thing, mm -hmm. quad. Right. But we have this rule that says um, the girls can date other people as long as those people don't have penises. Mm -hmm. Right? Or or can't date at all. The one penis policy can be like that as well. So not always, mm -hmm. but you're right. So they can date girls, but not right. anybody with a penis. And in poly circles, that's considered rather uh, poor form. And it says that the guy probably has a lot of insecurity issues. Mm -hmm. Maybe that, that maybe that's true. In a power exchange situation, is that acceptable? Yeah, it's absolutely acceptable. I know people that are doing that right now and are absolutely happy. So do you not find that to be a weakness in that master that he's afraid of other penises being involved I in I don't life? think we can guess as to what it is about that that turns him on. I don't think it's a negative thing. I think it is something that is a need for him and for the females coming in or for the girls coming in or whatever terminology you want to use. If they're willing to do that for some of them, it fulfills a need for them as well. Mm -hmm. So, and for it to be a, a positive thing, for it to be a happy arrangement, it's fulfilling needs of multiple people. So, like I said, we know someone in Canada mm -hmm. that yeah. lives this right now and they are all happy. And this is what they signed on for coming in and what they've developed together. Yeah. So, is it, we know this guy. Is it because he's weak? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. It is a preference. So and people are allowed to have preferences. And then what you hear sometimes is, well, you can have a preference as long as it doesn't step on my whatever. And it's like, no, you can still have preferences. If your preferences don't match their preferences, then the relationship's not a match. Mm -hmm. So, but now, does that mean that everybody that practices one penis policy is all balanced and you know and stable and everything not necessarily so but yeah and, and we talk about you know we talk about it from the one penis policy but it works the other way too we know a uh, femme leaded femme -led. and we need to redo her her interview as well yes the polyandry uh so. female-led mm -hmm. relationships where there's one female who is in charge of a relationship and has multiple males and those males are only allowed to date other males mm -hmm. or in and there's another situation people that we've presented with fairly recently those males are not allowed to date at all and she is right the trick is in these situations and this is essential in any power exchange is that you negotiate up front before any power is exchanged right, right? you get in here's what i am getting into here's the relationship that you're signing in for if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. If one person is monogamous and another person is polyamorous and they come together, they talk about that and they say, here's what I need, here's what I need. They match or they don't. You hang out or they don't. Same with mm -hmm. any other kind of relationship. Right. And for some, I would imagine, I would imagine if as a submissive in a relationship with a dominant and my dominant told me that I could only date a certain person, mm -hmm. 
that makes me fucking hot, <laughs> right? I like to obey mm-hmm. and I like to do those things. So some of that stuff can actually feed a person more than the whole autonomy thing and just mm-hmm. wanting to go out and do whatever. Now, for clarity's so, sake, power exchange relationships that involve polyamory don't by default include the one penis policy. I don't have that in my life. Mm-mm. I want Don to have all the penis that she wants as long as it's clean and you stop comparing your penis, my penis with other people's penises. I don't do that anymore. Anymore, and yes. you started it, sir. Oh, uh, there is that. <laughs> I'd like the way you put the sir on the end. <laughs> so, what, are the, what are the other challenges, though, that makes polyamory and power exchange difficult to maneuver around? Um, well, there's a few things, right? So one of the things that is not well regarded in the poly community is veto power. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a big one. Um, they feel like I don't want to say they across the board because it's not everybody. But right. veto power is not looked upon kindly by many poly people in our power exchange relationship and many power exchange relationships. Veto power is a thing. Mm-hmm. Right. You have veto power over anybody I date. And I it, don't have veto power over. Who it, was, date. it was neat when we talked about that in this class. Uh-huh. And, you know. I, I asked the class, well, I get veto power and Dawn doesn't. Why do you think that is? And, you know, a significant number of people, because I identify as the leader in the power exchange relationship, spoke up and said, because you're her protector. Mm-hmm. You're her guardian. That's what power exchange is about. Part of it is that you are, part of my responsibility is taking care of Dawn, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, I do get veto power. I get to, yeah. if I think that you have put yourself in a dangerous situation, I'm going to take you out of that situation. Mm-hmm. And then if I'm sitting in a, a poly group and I say, oh, yeah, my husband's got veto power and I don't. It's like, oh, my God, you know, you must be this doormat thing. And I'm sitting here like, no, I, I actually like this. <laughs> Dan's smarter than me in some realms. Mm-hmm. So I very much enjoy the fact that you have veto power and there's trust involved in that. Right. So have you haven't ever used it. Right. So, and there was actually a time where you could have used it with who I was dating. Mm-hmm. So could easily have used it and decided not to. And, and honestly, it would have been easier for me if you had have used it. <laughs> I would have been perfectly yeah. oh, fine sure. with that. But instead, I had to learn that the relationship was not good for me and how to break it off. You know, so it was lessons for me to learn. And, I, you know, I don't want us to have the, the view that non-power exchange polyamory people feel one way and power exchange polyamory feel the other True. way. The reality is in a, all of these are negotiated, mm-hmm. constructed relationships designed by you to fit what works for you, designed right? Designed in relationships, absolutely. The trick is to recognize when you go into a, that there are no hard truths, that you cannot say um, one penis policy or veto power or um Anything or contracts or whatever it is are always bad. What you can say and what we do say and what we, I will freely say, sometimes veto power is a, can cause challenges that can be avoided. Sometimes one penis policy is a reflection of somebody's insecurities and can be a problem, right? Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's not, right? Sometimes it's not. Go. Oh, no, no. Go ahead. So, I mean, can you think of any other 
challenges. There's other things I want to mention, but it's off the topic of challenges. Well, not necessarily challenges per se, but one of the things that's interesting is you can mix power exchange and non-power mm -hmm. exchange in your poly. So as we've talked about, I have this relationship with Dawn where we're in a 24-7 power exchange relationship. I also have a relationship with Karen, which is a very much a peer relationship. I have a relationship with a cat, which is very much a peer relationship. Your relationship with Big D outside the bedroom is a peer relationship, mm -hmm. right? Are you doing our little graph? Just a little bit. People? Just I'm just drawing for fun, right? Right, right. But the reality is, though, that that power exchange that you and I have does have some impact to other areas of the relationship because it's no different than if you had a particular, for example, you had a particular, I don't know if this is going to work out. We'll try. If you had a particular medical need that I was in charge of you getting your medicine. Okay. Right. Let's say for whatever reason that is, right. That's permeating your other relationships. Mm -hmm. Right. So in this regard, sometimes power exchange can impact these other relationships, even if it's Absolutely. indirectly. Absolutely. Now, I would say my power exchange relationship with you and the relationship I have, for example, with Kat or the relationship you have with D2, I can't think of top of my head of any times where I can say, oh, I, there's a conflict. Because of my power exchange relationship, this can't happen or that can't happen. Yeah, no, I haven't. But I was very, also very upfront with uh, Big D that we were in a power exchange relationship and that would mean that things could be a little odd. Hmm. So, like, I might have to ask permission before going to do something. Sure. Or at least inform you of different things because you don't always need permission, but you need to know up front. Right. Or things like that. And that you do have veto power if he treats me like a dick. Mm -hmm. So, you know, or, or things like that. And um, so he got to know you so that you would know he was an okay guy because you do have that power. So, and it, it could affect mine and his relationship but hopefully you're doing getting to know your metaphors anyway separate topic yeah separate topic and not everybody wants to so you know that's not always the case mm -hmm. not everybody wants to know their metamors. there is parallel poly so where you can mm -hmm. have relationships next to each other where the the strings don't cross right so and that works for some people but um yeah this absolutely affects affects this but you know what Big D ask his wife before he does things too, and they're not in a power exchange relationship. Mm -hmm. So they work things out together, and it's not a hierarchical thing. Right. But if he wants to take me to, I don't know, Cedar Point or something, he doesn't just make the decision and off we go. So he goes to his wife and, hey, are we even free that weekend? Is there yeah. something not on the calendar? Or, you know. And we had just talked about. Um, not too long ago, you and I just talked about my latest girl report. And that's our term for people that I'm interacting with right now. It's not because we're in a power exchange relationship. It's just courtesy. It's just good communication skills. Mm -hmm. It's managing surprises like we talked about in the book, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and I don't know that I like the word courtesy because there is no common courtesy. There is no, you still have to communicate sometimes as to what courtesy means. Okay. So for us, it's managing surprises. What I consider courtesy, someone else may not consider the same thing i still think, think there has to be communication no i get that you're as saying to what as to what that means yeah common courtesy is not that common as well. common courtesy is not that common so and what else do you want to hit about power exchange so, and well the other poly. thing i wanted to hit with uh, power exchange and poly is that everybody does it different there is no one true way right i know some people that 
they were poly before they got into power exchange relationships and therefore their poly is negotiated out of their power exchange so and that the 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 top in the in the relationship has no power over who the submissive dates so i mean it can be designed in that way that'd be kind of weird for me i uh -huh. don't know how they do it but it's done and you know so you have to decide what works for you do, is veto power involved who's got it who's got voice who's mm -hmm. got this decision that decision you know and it's, it's all and i know the people that i talked with this weekend the funny thing is is that when they got into two different people i talked to when they got into their relationships they were poly the master they got in a relationship was poly everything was great until the master started dating a new power exchange partner. Mm -hmm. And that makes the jealousy just go off the radar and they don't know why. And, and I, I think it's because to me, in power exchange relationships as a submissive or a slave, you're a little more vulnerable in that situation. And I think when masters start dating new slaves, because you know me, I've had problems. I have problems whether you date vanilla, whether you date, <laughs> I talk about it in the book, you know, if you're dating somebody who's vanilla, it's because you don't want power exchange anymore. Right. If you're dating someone that's power exchange, it's because I'm not power exchange enough. So, you know, there's no winning. Um, I've gotten beyond most of that. But they, the, both, both of these submissives were in the same situation as I was you know, years ago when we started all of this and it, it's trying to help them walk through that fear. And it seems to be a different fear than when I just talk to people that are poly without the power exchange. Mm -hmm. So, and I don't know what it is. You know, all I can think of is that we're in a more vulnerable situation because we've put ourselves in this hierarchical thing where someone else is in charge and our, mm, how do you say it? Our protector. Yeah. So and that, that makes now sense our protector to me. is getting ready to start protecting somebody else. Because we've, and, we've yeah. called, that's part of what the power exchange relationship can cultivate is this sense of you're going to take care of me. Mm -hmm. Right. And if I'm pulling my energy somewhere else, I do still have the energy to take care of me. Right. Right. You're making, I mean, it's little things, right? The new person you're with, they get to kneel all the time. Mm -hmm. They get to sit at your feet. I don't get to sit at your feet anymore, right? And it just feels like this pull of energy away from the dynamic. So, and this is talking with these other two people, yeah. and I'm like, oh, I get you. We've had these discussions. Before. And it's not that you can't still kneel at my feet, but the focus isn't there, right? I don't. Right. You don't have to come in and do the, you know, kneel at my feet and don't make eye contact until I tell you it's okay and all that kind of jazz. Because we've gotten, we are beyond that. Our power exchange has grown to a point where it's that level of ritual is not important anymore. It's not unimportant. Yeah, I was going to say. It's not required. Sometimes it's not required, but the thoughts that can go through someone's head when it's not required anymore, it's like, oh, but the new person, new person gets all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So now what do I, yeah, I get, yeah. So it's, it's that, that combination of power exchange and poly has got its own little, mm -hmm. its own little things that have to be navigated. So as we, as again, this could be a 75 minute class. Oh, absolutely. And it is. So it's it's one going of the to be. We teach. <laughs> Wrapping it up. What is the last thing that you will say about this power exchange polyamory combo? That it's absolutely possible. Right. So, but 
just like we tell poly people, if you're having issues with poly, you're probably not going to get the support you need from monogamous people, mm-hmm. right? So they don't have the same experience. They don't have the same knowledge. If you're trying to get polyamorous support from non-power exchange people and your power exchange or you're reading poly books that are not also combining power exchange in it, you're not going to get the whole picture. It's, it's going to be, you need to talk to people with the understanding that they may not do it exactly like you do it, but you need to talk to people that have the understanding of poly and power exchange. It's got its own nuances. So, I mean, if I go to a, a straight up poly person right now and say, you know, my master just vetoed my relationship, they're going to go, leave him, leave him. Right, right. <laughs> so you want someone that's got that understanding of both. I think the um, the one that I think about is leaning towards that person that's leading that relationship, the master, mistress, dame, whatever, mm-hmm. in that you have to have the energy, not only the energy to create that new relationship, but the energy to reinforce your existing relationship because that is part of your. Yeah. You can't let new relationship energy run rampant and just assume that your partner is going to wait, wait and handle it. Right? It's going yeah. to in- impact them. It impacts non-power exchange as well, but the impact to the power exchange means that you have to put energy towards mm-hmm. caring for that person and assisting in res- resolving that. You know, How are you going to reinforce to them that that new relationship energy is real, it's happening, and it doesn't mean that they're not still important to you? Absolutely. So it was good conversations that I had with good. people this weekend, really good conversations. And it was not conversations that I have about normal poly right it was digging up the oh been there done that (laughs) so let me tell you how i tried to handle it and what worked for me and yeah so hopefully it helped out